0: Welcome to the Truly Nourished Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here. If you identify with being an emotional eater, then this episode is for you because I'm going to be giving you some easy tips that will help you to begin to work through it. So the first thing to just know is that anytime we reach for food to manage our uncomfortable feelings, we are actually not wanting food. What we're truly wanting in that moment is just comfort. And I want to reiterate what I've talked about many times in past episodes. I just want to touch on this quickly, that If you have a history of cycling between dieting or restricting food and then overeating, like that back and forth in that way, then the deprivation caused by whatever manner of food restriction that you've practiced is the major cause of the overeating. Yet, it's also possible that there's an emotional component To your reaching for food when you're not physically hungry and when your body is not actually asking for food. And if you're just coming away from dieting and perhaps even still restricting your food in some way, then you're in the early stage of this process. And at this early stage, it can be difficult to distinguish how much of your overeating is due to the food restriction and the dieting practices and the diet mentality and the feelings of deprivation that come with that and fuel overeating and then how much is due to not managing uncomfortable feelings so if you listen to last week's episode number 27 this would be if a person is in the attuning eater stage the initial stage of progressing Through the different eating stages to becoming a truly nourished woman. And so in this initial stage, your first task is to really end that deprivation by ending all the restriction and the diet type of practices. So you're getting reacquainted with your biological hunger, your taste preferences, and your fullness signals in your body. And you're at the beginning stage of letting go of food rules and really learning how to make that peace with food, which means you're practicing giving yourself permission to eat the foods you love and you're practicing releasing fear around food and giving yourself that help in eating whatever you want to eat without guilt. And you're really learning also how to give yourself that grace and kindness as you might wobble, you know, as you're practicing this new way of being with food. That's another really important component of that attuning eater step. And and so at this stage, you're just beginning the path to becoming that intuitive eater, that eater who is attuned to her body and to her intuition for how to eat well. And then once you accomplish that, though, sometimes people will find that the chronic overeating they were experiencing has completely gone away. However, if you continue to experience overeating on a regular basis, even after you have been allowing yourself to eat what you love, have been learning how to make peace with food, and you're really becoming better at feeling attuned to your body's cues and guidance for when to eat, but you're still having these consistent overeating episodes or you know the these binges even then it's quite likely that your overeating is being caused by some sort of emotional factors now just the relationship with food itself can create emotional factors but on this episode I'm going to talk specifically about outside factors like people circumstances in our life that are apart from just your own Individual relationship with food. So many chronic dieters are aware that they turn to food for all kinds of feelings. Sometimes you already know this about yourself, but sometimes it is the deprivation by dieting that is creating emotional overeating. And once that deprivation is remedied, the overeating goes away. But once again, You might be aware that and identify with, well, I am an emotional eater. I know that I eat when I'm angry or that when I'm bored or I feel stressed or lonely or maybe even happy and excited. You know, people will also turn to food for happy feelings like celebration. However, it's important to know that it's not the actual feeling, once again, that's causing you to turn to food. Rather, it's the discomfort you experience at the idea of actually having that emotion. That is what creates this extra feeling of anxiety that drives and fuels and leads into overeating. So it's like we will experience an uncomfortable feeling and we'll resist having it. We won't want to be having it. And that resistance to the feeling or even the fear of having the feeling adds this extra feeling of anxiety. And so your emotional discomfort becomes even greater by resisting whatever feeling that you're having. And that will drive you to want to escape that discomfort even more by eating food. Because when you eat food and when food enters your body, you get distracted from the feeling by the eating process but also food causes our brain to release certain chemicals that calm and soothe us for that moment while we're eating but then as soon as the food is gone or we stop eating the uncomfortable feelings or emotions are still there lurking because we didn't actually allow our body to feel and process that feeling and metabolize it and then on top of it you know we can feel even worse because we ate all the food that we didn't actually truly want to be eating. And so it's important to know that the problem is not your emotions or the food. The problem is that you're not able to fully understand your feelings or fully process them in a productive way. And by not doing so, you know, then you're not able to calm or soothe yourself in a productive way. And then the side effect is, reaching for food as a way to soothe, to distract, to comfort, or to numb so that you don't have to face the feeling. Or, you know, this might just be the pattern because you don't know how to face the feeling. And emotional eating can be distressing, right? Because the side effects of the behavior can be weight gain and also that just feeling of being out of control with food. However, Know that it is positive that you're trying to help yourself in that moment of discomfort. But also know that any person, including you and everyone, can gain the skill of working through feelings without using food or without using negative coping mechanisms. So uncomfortable feelings don't have to have negative side effects and we don't have to be afraid of being with them. And that is something that you learn and the skill of feeling your feelings can be developed. It's it is a skill. It's not something that we're taught. You know, as babies we naturally did it. We'd scream, we'd be upset or as toddlers, you know, we just felt what we were feeling. But, you know, as a, as a we grow up emotions tend to get suppressed or escaped from we for for various reasons that I won't go into right now but that can be another episode if you want me to go into that just let me know so essentially we shouldn't be afraid of feelings because we're always going to have them as humans so there's never anything wrong with you or any of us for feeling upset about something to feel uncomfortable feelings to experience them we're supposed to. It's part of being a human. But we do want to learn the tools, right, and gain the emotional skills that we, we need to develop so that we can work with our feelings in positive ways and not have to turn to negative ways of coping. Now, the other thing I, I just want to mention is that it's important for you to understand how do you speak to yourself when you're feeling uncomfortable feelings? Because often what happens is you may translate the way you speak to yourself when you're having these uncomfortable feelings into this language of needing food or wanting food. So here's what I mean. Imagine, let's say that you have an argument with a friend or family member or a coworker or anybody, and then You come home later in the day and you eat a package of cookies, even though you're not physically hungry. At that moment, you're probably not saying to yourself, okay, I feel this anger and I cannot tolerate this feeling. I think I'll eat this bag of cookies to soothe myself. That's typically not how it plays out. Instead, the eating is usually quite unconscious, meaning you just start eating but then you might begin to see what you're doing and start yelling at yourself in your head and think something like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? I'm out of control. I'm a pig, whatever, and so on. You might also have a thought like, okay, starting tomorrow, I'm getting back on my food plan or tomorrow I'm going to make sure I only eat salad to make up for this. And so in that moment, it's like you're, you've are you taken that anger or frustration that you're feeling towards whatever situation that you're having with that person or thing in your life, and you've turned that anger towards yourself. Rather than feeling the anger, it's like you're using it against yourself. And then the other thing in this scenario is that you believe restricting your food or getting back on track with a diet or a food plan will solve the problem. But this, of course, is just a faulty method because the real issue is that you felt angry, and you couldn't productively work through those feelings. So the real problem is not actually going to get solved by restricting the food, right? Um, and because you know the, of that, food and dieting continue to be the means in which you deal with your feelings. So if we don't learn to accept our feelings, learn how to be with them, learn how to understand them, learn how to process them, and continue to use, use things like food and restriction of food to deal with them, we just stay perpetually stuck in the cycle. So we can turn to food to manage our discomfort, and then what we'll do is we'll yell at ourselves to get upset, and we get upset with ourselves for doing that, and by doing so, we just escape even further away from what actually needs to be faced and, you know, actually what is bothering us. And dieting or the pursuit of weight loss can, or pursuit of better eating, you know, to cope with that, never solve the thing, okay, right? And I think we all realize this, but it just becomes a habit of turning to food, And then on the other side of that, turning to restriction to cope with the emotions. So what we need to do instead when we're emotional eaters is build our skill and capacity to experience and also our willingness, right? That comes first, the willingness. And then we can build the skill and capacity to experience the whole range of feelings that a human experiences without turning to food. Because not only does this allow you to stop using restricting food as a solution to eating problems? It will also help you to stop getting upset with yourself because getting angry and frustrated with yourself or calling yourself names for eating food just makes you feel more anxious. And when you feel that anxiety and that increase in amplified discomfort, you will feel an even greater urge to turn to food. So yelling at yourself for overeating will only really fuel more overeating and often turns into things like binging. However, if you can gently tell yourself that you are just experiencing discomfort right now and that food is the way maybe for now that you're taking care of yourself, Then that letting up on yourself and giving yourself some kindness in that moment of emotional eating will keep the situation from getting out of control, going into a binge. And then remind yourself that the day will come when you no longer rely on food in this way. Encourage yourself that you are going to learn the skill of feeling your feelings and processing them in a productive way. And tell yourself that you're very capable to do this, and that you're a very capable person, and that you're willing to learn the skill of processing feelings without food. So, you know, in that moment, if you are emotional eating, just give yourself some grace, but also then tell yourself, don't beat yourself up, tell yourself, but I'm getting better. I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to learn how to be with myself when I'm having these feelings and not use food and to use food for nourishing my body and for enjoying eating when I'm hungry. But I'm open and willing to learn how to feel my feelings without food. So just be your cheerleader in that moment. Don't beat yourself up for the emotional eating. So ending self-criticism in that way, you likely have, you know, that typically most people have when they are emotionally eating, that really is key in this process. And it's often overlooked. It's, but it's so critical. (laughs) I just can't stress that enough, but ending the self-criticism, even if you catch yourself emotionally eating is so important because number one, harsh words, take you away from processing your feelings. And number two, harsh words ultimately make you feel worse. And just by understanding this, you can really slow down your overeating at that moment. So speak kindly to yourself, even if you're not 100% approving of the behavior that you're doing. And remember to think about this as a calming problem, Not a food or weight problem because it's so easy for our brains to default to thinking, like, oh, I'm so fat, I'm so terrible with food, I'm so out of control with food, I'm never going to lose weight if I'm doing this. And you know, this downward spiral of food and body shaming and criticism can happen at these moments right but and really take us away from what we really need to do and that is process our feelings and be with ourselves and give ourselves some self-care so remember i'm not in in the moment of emotional eating you're not having a food problem you're having a calming problem you're having a maybe you could even call it a self-care problem unintentionally so that's what I wanted to say about that. And now I would just want to give you an activity that you can do to really help yourself in that moment of emotional eating. And what I want you to do is to play detective and decipher how food is actually a code for your feelings. So let me give you an example to illustrate what I mean. So let's imagine that there's this woman, let's call her Jill, Jill, And she's very frustrated at her job. Maybe she feels like her boss is treating her unfairly. And she's worried about being passed over for a promotion that she knows she deserves. And then one day, Jill gets a phone call from her best friend. And her friend is bubbling over with good news about her career. And of course, Jill, being the good friend that she is, she's congratulating her and telling her, you know, let's make a date to celebrate. And then she hangs up the phone and immediately goes to the pantry and begins eating chips and just putting food in her mouth, even though she's not hungry. And then after, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, what what am I doing? And she begins to yell at herself about her eating. So using this example, let's be detective and decipher what's going on. So the first question I want you to consider is, what feelings do you think Jill might be experiencing but not acknowledging. So I'm imagining that she could be experiencing frustration or anger or even shame, you know, feeling maybe that she's not good enough or thinking she's not good enough because she believes she's being passed over at work. And another important thing I have to interject here, it's important to know and always remember is that Our thoughts create our feelings. So we always have a story going on in our head that is creating whatever feelings we are experiencing. So what story perhaps is Jill telling herself that is making her upset about her friend who is having so much career success? Jill might be telling herself a story about her own boss or her own company Or she might be telling herself a story of comparison between herself and her friend. You know, it could go all sorts of different ways. But if, for example, she is feeling frustration, anger, or shame, if those would be the typical emotions that a person might be feeling, we can imagine also then the types of stories a person would be telling themselves, you know, to create those feelings. Then the second question to consider is What do you think Jill is saying to herself when she starts yelling at herself? So she's noticing, Oh my gosh, I'm eating the food, and she starts yelling at herself about it. Um, Just imagine, what do you think it is? And I'll let you imagine from your own personal experience because, you know, what do you say to yourself in those moments when you catch yourself eating like that? So, you, you, we are all, you, me, we all, each one of us is our own best expert in, t- in imagining what Jill might be saying to herself. And then the third question is if Jill decides to restrict her food because she ate the bag of chips, what do you think will happen when the feelings we identify, or what do you think will happen with those feelings we identified in number one? So, Let's say she is experiencing anger at her boss or feeling shame by thinking she's lacking in some way because of a lack of promotion or lack of career advancement. What do you think will happen to those feelings of frustration, anger, or shame if she doesn't process them and instead just goes to restricting her food the next day to deal with the overeating? Well, what typically happens when we suppress feelings is they stay stuck in our bodies And when feelings are not fully felt and processed through our body, just feeling them, they will resurface again and again and again. And so it's likely Jill will continue to get triggered in this way around her career or get triggered whenever her friend talks about her career and continue to use food to cope with those uncomfortable feelings when she's triggered the other thing that happens when we push down and don't process our feelings is eventually, you know, when it happens again and again, when we always are suppressing and not fully feeling our feelings, those unprocessed feelings get trapped in our body, basically stress in our body. And eventually stress in our body always will manifest as phys- physical symptoms if we don't use Ways of releasing that stress. And so those physical symptoms can be illnesses, conditions, you know, sickness, whatever it might be. That's another thing that can happen over time. So those are just things to be aware of. But now I want to share with you five questions. So grab a pen, five questions that you can use when you're reaching for food for emotional reasons. So, you know, questions to be the detective for yourself in that moment. So the first one is, what am I feeling right now, but not acknowledging? The second one is, what am I saying to myself that is causing me to feel this way? The third question Am I willing to see this differently? Am I willing to think differently about this situation? Am I willing to shift my perspective to something different and that maybe makes me feel better? And if so, what would that new perspective be? What would that new story be? You know, in the example of Jill, we can go there. Like, what would her new story be? What could her new story be? If it's about her boss or her company, she could start telling herself a new story about that that makes her feel better. Like my boss does appreciate me. My company is this, you know, whatever other truths she can hold onto rather than just the default story that she might be telling herself. Or if it's about her friend, she could tell herself a story that I know that I'm just as qualified and capable as my friend. I know I'm going to get my promotion too. You know, There's always another better or different way of seeing things, right? A different story we can tell ourselves. And sometimes it's not always so easy to shift it immediately, but it's just being open to that question. Am I willing to see this differently? And because when we're thinking differently, when we're seeing things differently, right? We feel differently too. And then the fourth question is Am I willing to take care of myself in a new way right now? Am I willing to comfort myself in a different way that is not with food? And if so, what might that be? So the first questions are like looking inside, you know, understanding what am I feeling, understanding what am I thinking that's creating these feelings, um, asking yourself, Am I willing to think differently about this? But then the fourth one is really about am I willing also to do something differently right now? Am I willing to not eat food? And am I willing to comfort myself with some, with a different way of behavior right now? And then the fifth question is, even if I decide to continue to eat to soothe myself and as the way that I choose to take care of myself at this moment, am I willing to be kind to myself with my words? And am I willing to be kind to myself by not punishing myself through dieting or restricting food later? Okay, so those are the five questions or places of reflection to, to use when you're going to be that detective and really get to the bottom of your emotional eating and also, you know, not emotionally eat maybe in that moment. So I really hope this was helpful today. Let me know. Reach out to me on Instagram or email me at hello at com. I'm always open to receive your questions or just your insights in your own process. Let me know also any topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast. And finally, if you're interested in being part of the Truly Nourished membership, which is going to be... A community of women who are wanting to break free from overeating and dieting patterns, where we can come together, and I will be your support and your guide and your teacher to uh, teach you how to eat intuitively. That's a core piece of this, but really learn the practices and tools of what I call body, mind, soul nutrition, so that you can become that truly nourished woman, you know, move through those stages of change that I talked about on the last episode, episode 27. So if you haven't listened to that, be sure you go back and do that because it I take you through kind of the process of, you know, how the relationship with food changes on that journey of becoming a truly nourished woman who is living her best life with food freedom, with food peace, enjoying living in her body. So anyway, if you're interested in that, I have created a waitlist, which is just a information list that you can sign up for by, you know, adding your email to the list. Because anyone who's on that list, I will be the first to uh, let know about when I'm going to be opening the membership, um, and. Anybody who decides to be a founding member will get a reduced monthly membership fee for life for as long as they stay a member of the Truly Nourished Club. Anyway, if that is of interest to you, the link is in the show notes. And you can go to the webpage to read more about it. And thank you for being here. I love being here with you. And until next time, much love. Are you a woman who wants to end cycles of overeating and dieting so that you can experience greater health and well-being, more peace and freedom around food, more vibrancy, and more feelings of joy and confidence living in your body? If so, be sure to sign up for the wait list to learn more about my new intuitive eating course and the truly nourished private women's membership. It is in this private club where you can learn step-by-step how to end dieting and overeating forever and become the truly nourished woman you desire to be. Go to RebeccaLaurelHill.com to learn more.